Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. This is another episode of Just Tell Rel with your host, Jarrell Henry. I am sitting down with radio host, King Monkey, and artist, engineer, performer. Exclusive the Selecta. Exclusive the Selecta. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is going to be another group interview. Hopefully you're going to enjoy this one just as much as you did the last one with Melanie Moscato and Double X Tina. So, gentlemen, who are you and why do you do what you do? Well, my name's Robo Arm, exclusive the selector. I'm a recording engineer slash producer slash songwriter. Um, co-founder of Crucifying Records, uh, one-third member of SFX League and also good family and friends with my co-interviewer here. King Monkey. King Monkey. King Monkey. <laughs> so, King Monkey, why do you do what you do? I'm the CEO and the founder of YUM Radio, based established in September 12, 2016. I am a radio host. I do a lot of things. I used to manage artists, now juggling, expanding my radio station now. All right. And if I'm not mistaken, your show broadcasts out of Mississippi, is that right? Yes. On Blog Talk Radio. And what's the name of that again? Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. Yeah. All right. Uh, where can they find your radio station? How do they tune in? BlogTalkRadio.com slash Young Radio Family or Young Unique Movement. Still BlogTalkRadio.com. It's two different radio stations. Okay. All right. So... What's your background? How'd you get into the music game, uh, radio show, broadcasting? I've been I've been a fan of music ever since the day I was born. Like I listen to different types of music, like R&B, jazz, blues, reggae, different things. Then I used to do music. I used to be an artist. Then my homegirl that I did the program with, she started her own radio station, and I was just listening to her do it. Then one day I was just like, you know what? I'm going to do my radio station. Ever since then, it's been going up. Like, I'm surprised I'm still doing it because I was nervous. And every time I do a show, I always get nervous because it's two hours. You sit down and you actually have to freestyle your answers. With me, I don't write my answers down. I go off the flow of different artists. And I have interviewed artists from Canada, CEOs, all over and it's an independent radio station like I love the independent artists to death and I would help out the independent artists and that's the crazy part about my radio station because we came up with freestyle cypher nights first ever radio station to come up with females night fellas night interview nothing but females interview nothing but fellas and separated it then it was more things that I came up with we got like two mistapes out right now on YouTube, this girl kid, I forgot the rest of them, Spinrilla, but this game right here, especially if you building it up from the ground up, it's hard. Especially if you're trying to build your own radio station from the ground up too. Right. It's definitely hard because you have to talk to different people. You have to, how can I put this? Get them to come to your radio station and listen to what you have to say. Right. And I have people to free will to say what's on their mind on my radio station. There's nothing holding back. You got something to say, 
say it. If you got beef, you want to squash. You know what I mean? Beef, I didn't squash on my radio station like 10. Just from independent artists that have problems with different artists in their state, in Mississippi, all over, like California, LA, stuff like that. So it's a blessing for me. I look at it every day like, wow, I did this from nothing. From a laptop that I got from my homeboy for $200. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing how far you can go. Now, you said that you were uh, working on doing a mixtape. What's the name of that mixtape? The first mixtape we did was Curious George. Okay. That came out 2016. The second one was the P of Pleasure. It was like my DJ, I won the DJ, literally, he came over and I was like, I want to do a mixtape. He like, you serious? I'm like, yes. What's your name? Curious George. So we literally was on this laptop listening to every independent artist from all over. And we started at 7 o'clock in the morning and we did not leave until 1 o'clock at night. Wow, dedication. Right. And it's been crazy because we still have artist music that we ain't even dropped yet on the mixtapes. Right. Like, we can literally just go back to the folder and just listen to different artists' music. And be like, okay, we're going to put it on this. Because we got a female mixtape coming out, hopefully, this year. But now, it's like we are expanding now, so we got a manager now. And, yeah, it's been crazy. <laughs> right. On my end, it's been, like, real crazy. Like, I had to come down here and just to take a good little break. Right. Yeah. Up there, it's like, you want to go, you talking to this new artists, and you phone, we got like three pages, and you got to check up on them, then you got IG, then you got another artist talking to you, then half of these artists don't even want to pay, pay. And that's the crazy part. Like I told you, it's like four years, only 12 artists have paid me to get their music played on my radio station. And that was like, okay, paid $39 on Wild Talk Radio for two hours. And then I went to three hours, that's $99. Now you add that up in four years. <laughs> and that's the crazy part. This time around, I'm not paying. I don't want I want all my money. Yeah, man, because everything is all about investments. You got to put your money in the right place, know exactly where you're going with it. So it definitely makes a difference here. It does. So, exclusive. Yes, sir. How'd you get into the music game? Oh, man. Long story short, um, Jamaica background, really, really. So, started with the reggae music, of course, you know. Um, we used to have, in high school, we used to have DJ battles, which is MC battles. Okay. So, it would be a, my little group. It was four of us in the group, Pascal, 45, and we used to battle couple other groups in school you know right and back then i remember we used to use bounty killer songs because that was the the time you know the killer song boy oh, you yeah. know so that's the kind of style i developed over the years as i ventured into hip-hop music you know i try to stick with the roots but kind of do a little bit different you know right. so uh, over the years i did dabble into a little bit of dj and you know did the wedding little parties here and there not not much but then I started to research um, production, 
because it would hard you know how hard it is for rappers to get beats or artists to get oh, beats yeah. <laughs> and you know so I decided to take a production that didn't last too long did that for about a year and then dropped it <clears throat> and then just kind of focus more on writing and mixing and engineering and the last two years or three years ago I picked production back up and one of like my second or third beat that I kind of pushed out there I end up having uh, DJ uh, Dirty Ray on there, a Japanese rapper, oh, OG. Right. So, <laughs> kind of you know gave back some little confidence. Like, man, I could take this thing international. Right. And um, I've had guys from Mississippi rapping on the beats, guys from New Orleans, guys from Vegas, Cali, you know. So I just kind of like stu- not stepping back from the artist side, but trying to push the production more. Right. Just to kind of get back to where I missed out when I took that two year break or whatnot coming back so that's pretty much where I started and this is where I'm at right now with the music you know that's good so it sounds like you went full circle I mean being able to produce your own music engineer you're writing the tracks you're performing uh, you know that that's a, a powerhouse uh, thing to have and to hold and skill set you know to possess to be able to go and do that and produce your music because you don't have to worry about lines getting crossed, you know, getting your producer to make the right beat for you and anything yep. like that, because you're doing it all on your own. You know, so you're really putting your heart into the music, start to finish. So that's pretty good to do, um, you know, as an artist. And you know, coming from one country to another country, uh, how did you, how do you feel that that you know turned your music and, and affected what you do in your processes? Oh, it was extremely hard. It was. Because nobody understood it at the time, you know? And I didn't really understand it myself. Because you think about, you grew up like 17 years just doing straight, bum, bum, bum. Then you come to try to cross over, as they would say, right. to kind of get the, you know, get the, the, the audience to kind of feel you on a different level. It was extremely, extremely difficult, I won't lie. And it still is, but nothing tried, nothing done, you know? Definitely. And you persevered. I mean, you're still here. You're still pushing. You're still doing things. You're making your way, making everything happen. So, and just keep it going and don't give up on that. Uh, what would you say is integral to the work that you do? The feedback I get from my peers, like especially guys that's been in the game for a while, like um, I'm not shy to ask them, "Hey, where did I mess up?" or do you hear anything different than I hear, you know, and they'll come back and I will take each little criticism, especially when you ask for it, so don't be afraid to get it, you know, get the truth, so I always take the truth and then I work and build from that without feeling offended, Right. you know? Yeah, constructive criticism is the best because... If you only rely on your friends and family to tell you how good your product is, you probably will never get the truth of it. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> sometimes it's what you need is a, a stranger's ear to just give you the truth, you know, no, no holds barred or anything. Now, Mar- uh, King Monkey, what would you say is integral to the work of a radio host? Uh, I know it takes quite a few steps to get to where you've gotten to. <laughs> For me, when I started, it was hard because... Like I said, I thought I would never get into radio. So it was literally like talking to artists, posting them on Instagram, getting in contact with them, telling them what time the show starts, interviewing them, all of that. So 
I love it because it's like a challenge to me. This is new to me. Right. And I love it. Like, I be like a little kid every day when I do this. Like, especially now, I'm still like a little kid because mm-hmm. I still listen to different beats. I would never sit there and listen to an artist song 10 times and separate everything before I play it on the radio station. Like, I drop the day voice, listen to the beat, listen to the drums. I can literally tell them, yeah, you messed up right there. Because some of these artists have never been interviewed before. Right. So it's my first time out of a couple artists music on my radio station for the first time ever. Interview a lot of artists. They never been interviewed before. And they always come back and like, man, that was a good interview. How did you do that? It's second nation to me. Right. And now it's definitely like a first nation now. But now I'm adapting as a radio host and as a CEO of the because I have to separate the both. Right. And that's the craziest part that's going on with me because how do I stay CEO, but I gotta be a radio host. Then I go out, I gotta talk to different people. Right. So your mind frame, like somebody had told me, you gotta be like halfway crazy to be in this game. (laughs) Like halfway crazy to be in this game and on top of that, you have to control your alter egos right. at the same time. So it's a process, especially with me, with personal things that was going on. I stopped, I came back, but I never stopped working. Therefore, I'm glad I have a team now. Right. Like before, it was just me and my DJ. And I was doing the majority of all the work. And now it's like, okay, how do you do it? They still ask, how do you do all this? How you juggle a team and still break down and get ready for a radio show and everything else? Right. It's a process. It's a, like like I said, you have to be halfway crazy in this game to do this. And that's the crazy part. But I love it to death. Let me show you nothing in the world for it. Okay. <laughs> that is definitely <laughs> true, but it's... Yeah, some people just don't realize what we go through being in the industry, no matter what side it is, whether it's performing, getting on stage, making the beats, filming, production work, engineering, you know, all of that takes time, takes skill, not not necessarily expertise, but uh, a little bit of insanity, pretty much like what you said, you know, because you have to be thinking on so many different facets. Your mind has to be in multiple places at one time. And being a, a CEO and a radio host, you know, it's just a matter of putting on a different hat. You know, you, you got to sit down at your desk, you're sitting down at your desk doing CEO work. So it's like, all right, well, now I got to do CEO work. I know I, I deal with that a lot, being an interviewer. And then when I'm actually going out into the streets to network and to secure interviewees, it's two different hats, two different types of conversations that we're having in order to make everything come together and create the experience. Um, now, how would you say that your practice has changed over time? Um, in terms of like engineering or just on the whole aspect? Type? Uh, everything, um, you know, so far as going from your production work, uh, I know that takes time to learn. Did you learn that on your own skill? Did someone teach you? You know, how did you get there? Yeah, well, actually, um, after a while, I couldn't do it on my own. Sign up getting a couple mentors for the different sides of the, the music, you right. know. 
So I would have one mentor for like the production side, then I have one for like the artist side. Okay. And between both of them, I try to balance it and make a conscious decision on where to go from there. Right. But I've noticed that um, by by not being afraid to ask questions and not being afraid to mess up, as they say, right. I get to learn from that. So I've noticed the increase, especially within the last couple of years, in terms of the quality of the sound and the amount of people being reached, right. and the quality of people being reached exactly. too. You know, so I've seen the improvement over the last couple of years, but it's still a long, a long way to go. Right. And you know, we're never finished learning if you really think about it. You know, there's always something new we can pick up, something we can obtain, new pieces of information to act on. Uh, King Monkey, what would you say uh, has changed your practice over time uh, from starting from hosting in the beginning to where you are now? Mm. Patience. (laughs) Like, really patience. And now it's about. Because I'm not like to be in front of the camera. I always want to be in the back. Right. And I done my like a laptop and a phone. That's what I did my broadcast. And I still do it to this day. But now it's like you gotta show your face more. And I hate being in front of the camera. But now it's like, well, you gotta be in front of the camera now, Marcus. You know, that's the biggest, <laughs> the biggest request I'm getting lately is, when are you going to go on YouTube? When is your show right. going to start being broadcast? Yeah. Like, oh, I'd rather stay as a regular podcast. I don't, I don't think I'm ready yet. <laughs> right. <laughs> and that's the crazy part, because I actually help people start their own broadcast and stuff like that. Like, they ain't know what to do. And they like asking me, and I'm sitting here like, just do it. Well, I'm trying to learn from you. First of all, hold on, let's go ahead and get this straight. You can learn from me, but I know you. <laughs> that means you're going to take my idea and run with it. Right. Nah, because I'm going to find out. You know what I'm saying? So now it's like I'm getting more with Instagram. We finna start it on YouTube now. We got a live mix show on YouTube with my DJ doing live mixes with different artists. And he's like, well, I need you to be a part of this. And I'm like, like this record it or just it's hectic yeah it's really hectic like I sit there and I'm like was I really built for this (laughs) (laughs) yeah definitely got to question yourself sometimes the things that you do the choices that you make and you know that that will help tweak your focus clear at least you know as you continue to travel down the path that you're traveling with broadcasting because you know the media industry is always growing. You know, you, you may be producing everything on a laptop and a phone now, but eventually it'll be in a full sound studio, you know, and, you know, your mind just has to stay focused on that. Right. You know, always question, I like to question myself, why am I doing this? And I like to give myself the same answer every single time. When I start to feel like the answer is changing, that's when I got to refocus everything. You know? So, uh, exclusive, what would you say is the art that you identify most with? I would say more of a rebel, rebel raps, like uplifting, you know, because most, you can't party forever, you know, <laughs> most right. of the songs you hear now, it's all party songs, like how long you gonna be partying, 
and what are you really celebrating every day so I kind of do it where I'll have a couple party songs and this and the third but most of them is to make you think like on a, on a, on a, on a, on a more international level right. like instead of just being like locally you know trying to blend in with the crowd or try to try to do what everyone else is doing you know try to branch it out right. reach out and like I said, it's like that rebel rap, you know, from the 90s, but it's in a new age, you know? Right, definitely. Yeah. Now, you have a song that's about that, right? It's um, called You Mad. Um, it, it's pretty much saying, how comes these guys are from, like, three different states? Well, first of all, SFX League, that's the group I'm talking about. I'm from, I'm, I'm in Florida currently. Then I have my boy from New York, and then uh, my other homie from Mississippi. We formed a group called SFX League, and we're pretty much just saying you're mad that we're so far away, and being able to come up with these different ideas and make it work, right. but you're actually in your own city, and you can't really get along with each other, because it's like that, that crab in a barrel mentality, Definitely. you know what I mean? So, we try to think beyond just ourselves, like on a personal level, on a more group or international type level, you know? So that song is called You Mad and it's currently on all musical platforms, um, iTunes, Tidal, whatever your subscription is, and even on YouTube, you can just type in You Mad, SFX League, and it will pop up. Okay. Well, you know what? We're going to give everybody an opportunity to listen to that track. We're going to take a quick break and we're going to play You Mad. Comes to the barbell. Go ahead, line them barons up, Babbitt metal. I got it for them, it ain't nothing. That's all I'ma tell you. I'm talking about when I burn. I put gin in the bathtub. Theirs doesn't equal to mine, it doesn't match up. You know for sure, I came to show them how it's done. The underground adventurous action escapade counter runs. Yeah, I'm talking to him or her. Don't do like the mothers, please don't make that her. Cause you know what it be, 12. Intrinsic factor, you pretty much know how it go down when it come to black, bro. Positive definite, roots real, characteristic. So cut the nonsense, they situation, calm sit. This what we does, and that be facts. You Malika Kane's can't hang with black, that's why you mad. If you ain't holding it down, then pass that paw. Cause you don't wanna be the one they laugh at, dog. Me, I'm just speaking straight facts, that's all. That's all. You mad? If you ain't holding it down, then pass that paw. Cause you don't wanna be the one they laugh at, dog. Me, I'm just speaking straight facts, that's all. That's all. That's all. You mad? I'm gonna leave them sunk within a quiet place. And go the distance, make them give chase at a steady pace. Replace that smirk on their face when they see faith. Exit only home in the extra mile in a foot race. I get it in and make it fit in like a suitcase. And occupy the whole place like it's my space. Put a lid on wasted talent like a cold case. They out here praying for a comeback like the old mates. Pull up, wait, back it up, check your old ways. Cause nowadays it's plain to see haters go hate. Claim their whole weight, all frost and no cake. So I always stay highways on the interstate. We be the lead, ink bleed for what we create. Separate the state, united hip hop. No combination, we the key, got this shit locked. So if you're mad, that's sad, see, we be the If you ain't holding it down, then pass that part. Cause you don't wanna be the one they laugh at, dog. Me, I'm just 
bad mind No for them no son no good purpose to mankind No for them I wore your back when I heard time for shine Keep them over this day, my child at deadline Never give a damn and I probably never will Still I represent for the roads and culture January back to December Select the own point, yeah, that's the joint Sent by the covenant, not the government The underground movement, but all of that is irrelevant me. And I'm a lane, killing every instrument Me, I play my part, killing them with intelligence It never hurts when I be hating them Cause the unity I spread and we feel alright Over here so where the flow is Lead the people them like Moses If you ain't holding it down, then pass that part Cause you don't wanna be the one they laugh at dog Me, I'm just speaking straight facts, that's all Exclusive Diselecta and the SFX lead crew. So uh, tell us a little bit about the song concept. How did you come up with it? Well, with that song, um, usually we'll... I think I found the beat originally, and then I was, I'd send it to Fred Stye and asked him if he could quarterback it, because at the time he wasn't really recording. He had kind of take a break, and um, he sent it back. And at the same time, we were trying to finish up all the tracks we had to come into this new year. So we wanted to start with a fresh slate. So we're going through the songs and we're like, hey, you mad. We, all we had was a hook for it. So next thing you know, we were like, um, yeah, we should do that. We should go ahead and do that. So I, we started writing, coming up with ideas. And then next thing you know, it was you mad. And it's funny too, because we had a song that's been finished, it's called Breath of Fresh, it was been done. But for some reason we had that You Mad, it was just stuck in our head for a while. And we ended up releasing that one prior to Breath of Fresh, which put pressure on us to get Breath of Fresh out. Right. If you know what I'm saying. So the whole concept of You Mad was, it was pretty much telling the game, hey, um... If you're not gonna do it how you're supposed to, if you're not gonna MC, if you're gonna pussyfoot it, like, okay, you're gonna spit a 16, but how are you gonna spit that 16? Right. How are you gonna, you know, represent hip hop itself? So that's when we say, oh, you mad, cause you know, bam, bam, bam. And we just ran with it, you know? Definitely. So uh, what work do you most enjoy doing when it comes down to the music? Do you enjoy writing more, producing more? I really enjoy engineering. I like taking bits and pieces in a song, like all these little puzzle pieces, and then putting it together as one. That's what I enjoy the most. Um, Just hearing another artist on my speakers and having that clarity sound come out their their voice from a fresh slate. You know, that's 
That's, that's my favorite part right there, engineering. And what about you, King Monkey? What part of do you enjoy doing most? Fucking shit. Artists that don't know nothing about their music and how to get it out there. I mean, one artist, I asked the question, I'm like, are you on BMI? Ask help. Ooh. Ooh. What's that? Okay, I'm gonna show you how to do this. <laughs> then I was like, so do you write your own music? Do you write it down? Then send to be in my ASCAP and all this? They were like, uh, no. I was like, do you have LLC rights to your own name? No. Then he gonna ask me, how you know all this? I used to be an artist. I hang around artist that's been in the game longer I shut up and listen <laughs> to right. different people so if they could come back if I can go back and just give the information to them that's I know I did something right, right. and that's basically how the radio station is it's showing you different things and how to do it because other radio stations not showing the artists what to do and all that mine is like literally here you go there's gonna be people gonna come in and tell them stuff. I'm still learning, like I said, and I, I gotta love it. And it's an art for me. It's my heart. Yeah. It's like my key. <laughs> and that's good that you're imparting all of that wisdom onto the the younger crowd, the, the artists that are coming into the game, trying to figure everything out. Cause uh, I know for most of us sitting here at the table. <laughs> We didn't have anybody tell us how to do it, how to get there, anything like that, what steps to take. And, you know, it's, it's just as bad as those those videos that you see on Facebook or anything like that. It's like, hey, you want to know how to become a millionaire? Follow these seven easy steps. But they only give you one step in the video and want you to pay money to come and get the other six. And it's yep. the stupidest <laughs> thing ever. Like, it really is to me. That's so stupid. And now... How I look at it, you can always learn from different people. Right. Especially with broadcasts and everything else. And I'm actually trying to get that out there more as an artist. So that's another hat on top of my mantle. And get in contact with different beats and listen to it. If I do come out with an album, it's going to take me like two years to do it. Because I would literally sit there and write. I gotta get back in the writing process. Right. I can't freestyle stuff off my head no more like I used to. And that's the killer part. How do you separate all of this and you got a personal life? That was hard when I first started. <laughs> when I first started this, it was personal business. Somebody said, take a break. Relax. I can't. I got like 10,000 things going on in my head about this radio station in my personal life. Right. So, I tell everybody, you got to be halfway crazy to be in this game. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, for me, I, I got my podcast, a full-time job, two companies, and a family. <laughs> so, every single day starts off with, what am I doing for the day? I spend the first eight minutes of my day planning what I'm going to do for the rest of the day. That's the most integral thing that I can do to get myself set up and get prepared for a success because if you don't know what you're doing, you're just going to waste your time. Right. And I learned I need structure in my life, especially with this business. I need structure. 
Sure, uh, definitely <laughs> plays a big part. And now I'm looking at it like my man's like, oh yeah, we definitely gotta have a meeting when you come back. I'm like, okay. Structure, that's how we gonna talk about it. Like, little kids inside me, like, yeah, I can't freestyle this no more. No, you can't. You gotta be organized. You gotta write questions down. You gotta do all this. Okay, let's go. <laughs> let's go ahead and get this out. Let's go ahead and do it. Now, being a rodeo host, what would you say has been your scariest experience so far? Ooh. I actually had an artist lyric come to my house and try to kill me. Wow. Because I said, you messed up on your song. And that's the craziest part. Like, that's scary. I'm like, you can't get mad. Just take the criticism. Right. He's like, no, that ain't right. I don't know how you found me. <laughs> Don't nobody know about that too. This is my first time talking about it. Don't nobody know about this story. Nobody. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, what about you, exclusive? Uh, Have you had any uh, scary moments or anything like that, performance-wise, engineering, getting into the game? Not. Oh yeah, man. Oh yeah. Um, I took a trip out west a couple times, and one of the times it was. It got it got pretty heated. It got pretty heated, um, especially being in a, a, a state that you don't really have that many people around in case something pops off, you know. Mm-hmm. So being in that type of environment, and then when you come back home, you get to hear like, "Oh, such and such could have went down this way." I'm like, "Oh man, I don't want to call any names. I don't want to mention it too much." But it kind of let me reevaluate what I was doing and how I was approaching the game. Right. And I, I took a couple steps back on that, so. All right, so uh, can you describe a real-life situation that inspired you? Um, I was in Jamaica, Montego Bay, and a couple of the guys in the neighborhood I used to hang out with were actually um, cousins with Sizzler Kalanchi. That's when he was just coming up. Not, not Sizzler, um, Jack York. Okay. Before he went into um, prison or whatnot, and um, we were just there freestyling. The guys were older than me. They used to take me to the um, they used to take me to the DJ sessions like during the daytime, you know, right. just kind of show me the ropes with the needles, turntables, and all that. And then one day we're just chilling on the block, and Sizzler pulls up in um, what was the bu- the buggy eye GS back then, uh-huh. back in Jamaica. <laughs> that was a big deal. I was like, Yo, that's Sizzler. And then on the other side, Jakior came out and was like, yo, cousin, walk on. And, you know, it just kind of, I was like, man, that's real life. This is right there. It just inspired me so much more to to do. I was like, I'm not doing no gun songs no more and this and that. I'm doing, like, more reality-based, conscious right. songs, you know, because when you can see the people and almost, like, touch them, like, damn, dude, you know how much you inspire us. Like, when Sizzler came out, it was like a whole different ball game again, because he was just telling us, like, get your education, go to school, mm-hmm. stay away from the guns, stay away from the violence. Yeah, he changed the game. You know what I mean? So, just to see him in person gave me a lot more, like, confidence, like, oh yeah, definitely, definitely. So, now, what about you, King Monkey? What would you say uh, is a real-life situation that inspired you? Ooh, there's so many. <laughs> But when I first saw, I can't think of 
But I know it was down here. That's the crazy part. It was down here. Tracy Moore, when he was at Beach Run, right? okay. like years ago, I can't remember what day that was and stuff like that. But just sitting there listening to this conversation, I was like, yeah, that was real big for me. Because he said, his game changes every day, every year, every minute, every second. The only thing you really have to do is be patient, keep on working, keep on grinding. Right. And I was young. I was like, wow. That was, that's real life experience for me. Just sitting there getting the knowledge and the wisdom from him. Age is crazy. So now I know both of you uh, grew up outside of Florida. Uh, so what would you say is your strongest memory of your childhood? Oh man. Um, it was every weekend and every summer just going to the hills, going to the countryside, you know? Because you had like mango trees, cane fields to run through, orange groves, um, coconut trees, you know, the river. Right. Just, it's like freedom, you know, most kids want to go to the, go to the um, water parks and uh, Disney and all that for Christmas, but back then just, just getting away from the city life was my best memories growing up. Just. Right learning the farming part and I think I carried on up to this day like I still keep a nice sized garden you know eating in your own product you know what I mean your, your bell peppers your, your, your mint leaves and all that good stuff so that's like one of my best memories I'll take with me forever just going to the hills on the weekends and Christmas summertime right <laughs> and what about you King? Being with my uh, family in the country, like my cousins, my uncle, my aunties, my family is on my side of the family. You know how people go out and have fun. We actually went to the country with shotguns all day. <laughs> shotguns, like different type of guns, everything. So I can literally sit here and say, that's, I love that because you around family. And you can talk and everything else and get everything out the way. See a seven-year-old shooting a gun in the country? Oh man, that was me. I had fun. Come on, shoot this gun. It's a shotgun. You gonna learn today? <laughs> you gonna learn today? That's my uncle said. You gonna learn today? <laughs> now speaking on family, uh, how are your families involved in your music? Uh, is there any support coming from your family? Are they involved in the creation process? Um, family-wise, they just kind of kick back and let me do my thing because. It's all about giving me my space, you know? Right. Like, I go to my man cave and do my production and stuff, but they don't really bother me. If there's some coming up, they'll, they have my back 100%, you know? Um, yep. No, no. They love what I do. They love seeing the growth and everything. They just kind of stay to the side, you know, just to see what's gonna happen, you know. Right. <laughs> Which is fine with me. <laughs> so they stay out my way, you know. Yeah. Better that than blocking or trying to feed off of it and right. everything else. Now, what about you, King? Uh, well, how's your family involved? They surprised. <laughs> they really is. They're like, I thought you would never get into radio. What is it like? Me neither. But they, they ask me to see what I'm doing. They ask me. Love that I'm not getting in trouble. Right. 
Because I was like always getting in trouble to get away with it. <laughs> and I'm 32 now, so now it's like, wow. And I, they love it. Like, from a distance, they love it. Right. But I can tell they want to see me fall a little bit. I'm like, ah, y'all raised me. I know I disappeared and everything else, did some crazy stuff. But now they actually seen the growth. Because they, they, my friends on Facebook, and they actually just like, I'm getting tired of looking at this green symbol that you just posting and sharing and posting. <laughs> so they love it. That's good. Now, I know you uh, recently went through a relationship change. How has that affected what you're trying to do with the radio? It's getting the voice is the most difficult, hardest thing ever. Because that person was there when you first started. And now it's like, okay, now you're back to square one. You start all back over again. So you have to literally, I have to literally sit back and look at my life and the business. And I'm having fun right now, personal-wise, but I know it's still, I still have a company to run. Right. Like, I still have to keep in contact with all these people. At first, my DJ, like, I got it, bro. You good. You going through this, you need to rethink about your whole perspective of life. And I'm still doing it. I'm still learning. So, I love it for now. It's like a new challenge. You're back here by yourself now, Marcus. What you gonna do? Sit there talking to yourself. I'm like, yeah. How it happens. Uh, <clears throat> now, what would you say has been your most embarrassing moment? With the radio? Right. Forgetting that I had a show. <laughs> <laughs> How do you do that? <laughs> I don't know what happened that day. It was a day that you try not to remember. I went somewhere. I forgot my laptop. It was back at the house, and they were like, you know, you got a show. I do. <laughs> uh, we canceling this, we're going to redo it tomorrow. <laughs> Technical difficulties. Technical difficulties. <laughs> right. Now, what about you, Exclusive? Any embarrassing moments? Um, <laughs> uh, I DJed before a wedding once. Um, I actually rented the equipment from Sam Ash because mine was, you know, acting funny. And um, it was a Puerto Rican wedding, and I decided that I wanted to turn up to some dancehall music. <laughs> and, and the, the first four was okay, and then after a while, they were like, um, dude, what are you doing over there? Um, I mean, everybody loves dancehall, don't get me wrong, but I think I took it a little bit too far. And the groom came over to me and was like, dude, if you don't, blah, 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 blah. Um, so I had to switch it up, you know. And he took a while to pay me too, because of that. So that was, that was kind of unprofessional at the time. And then, you know, you're not thinking about it. But when you think back, you're like, okay. You, you, you live and you learn. Right. You know, yeah, <laughs> you live and you learn. Those mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> now, the big question I have is, why music? Well, life without music would be boring as hell. 
And then when I look at it, like I could actually make a change in with music, you know, like whether it's to even if it's just one person to say, hey, you know, because of that one song you did or that one interview you did that one time, it kept me in the game or, you know, it kept me from acting crazy or whatnot. If I could just touch one person with the music, I don't need to sell, I don't need to go platinum or nothing like that or gold and all that good stuff. But if I can just touch one person, change one person perspective on life, I think I did my job. And if I can help somebody learn something new about music, I think I did my job. So that's why I choose music, you know. That's good. Now what about you, King? Just being behind the mic and talking to people and listening to their stories and asking them questions, like different questions, and they give you different answers. I love it. Like, like I said, I be like a little kid. And music, it's like radio. You actually fall in love with it. And I love it to the point of, I would never, I'm in the game now, I'm stuck. <laughs> They're like, you can't leave. Oh. Leave, come right back, and they're like, so you missed this. I'm like, oh. But I love it. Like, it's like my heart. It's my heartbeat. That's crazy. Now, speaking on the love of music and everything else, what would you say exclusive is an artistic outlook on life? Expression. Um, the, the way that you, because um, anybody can say words and make them rhyme and everything, but if you can do it artistically to paint a picture, I'd strive to do that, like paint a picture while you're while you're doing the music. So people are like, man, I could, I would, I picture that exactly the way how you were saying it. You know, it's like. I think if you can do that artistically, it's a wonderful feeling, you know? And you, you kind of see the expression on people's faces like, wow, how did you take that and switch it around and do that? And whether it's like writing or whether it's like the engineering side of it, just the creativity side, you know? Right. So, yeah. And I can definitely agree with that. I actually was just talking to one of my artists the other day and uh, she released a new track and I was like, man, I can't wait for the music video to come out. And, you know, she, she was like, yeah, me too. Uh, I'm not really sure what I'm going to do for it yet. And in my mind, I've already seen the entire video mm. without actually seeing any footage or anything else. You know, like the song spoke to me that much that I was able to create and build all of that imagery. So it, it definitely makes sense what you say. And it's a beautiful thing, too, for someone to not only hear your music, but feel your music and be able to speak on where you're coming from, not make any assumptions or anything like that. That's what I love so much about music. That's why I'm, I'm, I'm doing the podcast, why I'm doing what I'm doing is sharing the love for the art, for the entertainment. You know, it's, it's not about being out there. It's about touching people. Mm -hmm. You know, at the end of the day, for me, it's all about reaching out. Does your music have a message? I get so tired of hearing about all these people talking about pills and drugs and making it. money and all of that. <laughs> we all know about it. We live in it. Yeah. You know, I want to know what are you really going through? What, what's what's your pain? You know, everything because we're all living those shared experiences, and sometimes you want to hear someone else is going through what you're going through, and that gives you that ease. Like, you know what? 
they made it through and their situation is much worse than I am and look at where they've gotten to and how they pushed themselves. So uh, it, it definitely makes you know, a, a difference. Now, King, what would you say is an artistic outlook on life for you being a radio host and uh, going back into music? Creativity and the passion. Because sometimes you can lose the passion for it. Like, I know I lost the passion doing the radio. Like, I literally lost it one time. I was like, you know what? Stop it. And the music side of it, it's a process. I'm still trying to see if I really want to get back after and get back into music. Like, I have to find a beat that literally have me like, okay, I'm ready to get back after. Sounds like a job for Selector. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm, like, with me, I'm old school when it comes to the music side because I got here to be, I want like drums, like not no, the difference, I want actually drums, I actually want a guitar, I want the piano. If I can get back and playing the piano again, I promise you I'd do it. <laughs> but my hands just not like they used to be. <laughs> I know personally, I love full sounding music. There's right. like an orchestral mix, you know, having right. a full symphony. And uh, Rick Ross is one of my favorite hip-hop artists that did it when he made that track, uh, Maybach Music. I, I love, love that, that track. <laughs> Full instrumentation, you get the whole entire feel and it's not just a regular rap song. It's not. You know, yeah. and it just goes to show, you know, how diverse music can be. Really you good. Uh, 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 looking at, uh, I forget the young man's name, but he, he made that country song. Uh, um, Old Town Road, mm -hmm. you know, like just showing how multifaceted music can be. It doesn't matter if you're black, white, Asian, Spanish, whatever. You make what you make because it speaks to you. I like how he did that though. He did the song, then they found out he was gay. I'm like, you can't get mad. I feel like that was a whole uh, nothing but a media stunt, honestly. Because <laughs> I mean, if you listen to the song in Old Town Road, he talks about cheating on my baby, and you can go and ask her. You know, so I, I feel like a lot of that was nothing but just a, a big stunt to, you know, pull more listeners in because that's exactly what happened. Mm -hmm. You know, his listen, his listening uh, statuses went up phenomenally overnight. Yep. Just after having dropped that and everything, and uh, I don't, I don't know. I, I feel like hiding something like that at your sexuality is your personal choice, personal preference, and everything like that. But when you turn around and you turn it into a media fiasco, you know, it's something completely different. And I know the LGBT community, you know, felt a lot of flack and 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 had a lot of questions. I'm sure because it's like, all right, well, yeah, he's. Uh, coming out saying he's a part of a team and everything like that, but it's how he did it. Yeah. Uh, and we're supposed to expect that just because you've got rainbow colored images on your album cover that that lets us know. Because <laughs> that was one of the things that he said. He was like, how did y'all not know? Dude, just because you've got a rainbow colored building on your album cover with triple X on it, that don't mean nothing to me. <laughs> Whatsoever. Yeah. And uh, uh, speaking on that, I, What's your position on what's going on in the music world when it comes to the lesbian and gay community? Um, I'm hearing a lot of music pushing people, you know, and, 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 and certain sexual facets and things like that. Uh, a lot of people are starting to use their music as platform to push all of these things. Uh, 
mean, and I have no problem with acceptance, but it's just like you get on the TV now, you know, and you can't really see anything without them trying to show, you know, homosexual connections and things like that. Uh, uh, Star Wars just had its first, you know, female kiss you know, in, in, in its movie and everything like that. Wait, what? Hold on, what? <laughs> and that just goes to show, like, you know, where, where we are in the times, you know, like, uh, there, you know, these communities are pushing things so hard that now it's everywhere. You know, and uh, uh, acceptance is one thing, but don't push it in my face. Right. And tell me that, you know, I have to accept it and be okay with it. Because there's a lot of things that some people still will never be okay with. You know, you have the people that are like, uh, well, if they can be gay and they can get married, why can't I have multiple wives? You know, polygamy is still illegal countrywide, you know, but those people are being told that their decisions to have multiple partners is wrong. But, you know, on the other side, you know, same sex partnerships and marriage and all of that stuff has been made completely legal now. And, you know, it's, if you're going to do that, look at all of the parties, all of the minority groups, you know, the, the people that are suffering because uh, it's a lot of it out there, <clears throat> you know. What would you say, uh, you know, how do you feel about that? Let you go first. <laughs> I feel if, if, if you're going to force us to accept your lifestyle, because first of all, all this stuff that's going on now, it's nothing new. It's been going on since the beginning of time. But why now is that they're pushing the agenda so much to the point to where kids are getting involved? Right. There's no reason to push that on their kids. You know, let them make a conscious decision once they become adults or, you know, later on teenage years. Sure. But if you're going to start forcing them at an earlier age, it's just going to manifest itself over time. Right. And it's just going to be the norm. And I think that's the biggest thing that, you know, they're, they're trying to get everybody to just say, well, this is normal. And, you know, everybody has their own form of normal. Right. What's normal to me may not be normal to someone else. But to push all of that on a child, you know, and then you have to answer all of those questions to your children now. Uh, uh, answers that you may not possess. Yep. You know, and, and then you have to have these conversations with your children way before time you know now the the sex conversation is happening at a younger age you know these kids are seeing so much more sexuality everywhere they look that they've got to be prepared for it yeah you know and it's, it's it's starting to be a crazy world with how it's going because you can't look anywhere now without seeing something provocative uh something sexual you know whatever it may be king what do you feel what do you have to say about it it don't bother me it really don't but when it comes to the kids, it does. You know what I'm saying? My daughter's 11. And sometimes, I don't talk to her that much, but me and her can have a conversation, and she'll bring it up. And I'll be like, I had to think about it. She caught me off guard. Uh, and what's the virus in the bees? What? <laughs> well, I was talking to mommy about it, and she told me this, and I'm like, so, what did she, what she said, girl? Well, I'm telling you the real adult version of it. <laughs> it happens. Get over it. Right. <laughs> That's all you got to say. Just don't come home with no kids. <laughs> <laughs> like, this how you feel? Like, for a living room, 
and we had this conversation with you like eight. Yeah, it missed my head up. <laughs> I had to go outside and look for something. Hey, baby. Especially being a girl, you know. Right. With a guy with a with a son, you'd be like, oh yeah, but that's my boy. Uh huh. But when you have a daughter, you'd be like, oh no 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 no. <laughs> right. No. Just don't. Bullet. 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 <laughs> Um, running somebody over. So, you know, <laughs> right. Yeah. But I only got one daughter, and I love the death. I really do. I really do. So, that's, that's right there. I don't have no problem with it. Like, last night, after we had left, John had to me the post. Like, that, I cried. Right, because I heard, I heard about it, then I was getting in contact with people down here. Like, I actually had cousins that passed away down there at Post. And when I went, I recorded the whole thing from the beginning, took pictures, like, literally. That's a very nice memorial that they have. Right. I remember when they had, the parking lot was big and, uh, you know what I'm saying? All day, now I'm just looking at like, wow. And to think what one act of terror can do <laughs> to change all of that around. And, you know, that night was a crazy night. I actually was out promoting for one of my other companies that same night. And I was on my way to Pulse, and I got a phone call from someone to go to Flash Dances. So I went and I stopped over at Flash Dances and everything like that. And while I was there, I started getting messages to my phone. Please tell me you're not over at Pulse. Are you still on your way? What's going on? I'm trying to figure out why all these people contacted me. What could possibly be happening? And then to find out that this mass shooting happened, I, I could do nothing but pray. Nothing but pray and, and, and thank the Father that I wasn't where I said I was going to be. I was in Mississippi when it happened. And I was literally, I called my brother John, I'm like, John, you all right? I'm calling other people. You all right? You good? You straight? Yeah, but my friend. I'm like, wow. That, that's crazy. Yeah. So what would you say you dislike most about the world that you're involved in when it comes to being in radio, being in music? The people that think they know everything. And the aspect. <laughs> and the egos. And people that don't want to pay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, those are the worst. If I can spend my money and I'm trying to get my product, my business, my brand out there, you trying to get some music out there. Why you can't do the same? You think everything should be free? Because you posted on Instagram and everything else. You and spend rhythm. You gotta do these interviews. You have to do the network. You have to get out there. Yeah. And that's like when, with the radio station. When I first started, I literally went to every club in Mississippi and put my name out there and literally did it. Got on Instagram. I don't know, until this day, I don't know how people from Canada find, find, find my ass. I really don't. <laughs> that, that, I still say, how did you find me? I seen the page on Instagram, then I seen the thing on Google, and then I heard one of your shows, and I was like, what? 
<laughs> now, what would you say you like most about it? It's the artist. Especially the genuine that actually shut up and listen. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can have a conversation with, like, artists that actually don't talk that much, but actually sit there and listen. And you can show them how to do things. Like, I still don't know stuff. And I still say this to this day. I'm still a rookie in the game. Four years, been in broadcasting and everything else, and I didn't came no way. But I showed up and listened. And they actually, like, I have people wanting me to manage them. I said, no, nah, I ain't nothing like that. I can't. But you, if you really sit there and think about it, Marcus, you actually manage an artist on your radio station. I'm like, yeah. But actually being the manager, no. Right. <laughs> I ain't no killing with these. <laughs> like, you ain't listening. You ain't listening to me. I'm listening. <laughs> I like right. <laughs> now, what about you, exclusive? What do you dislike most and like most? Um. Yeah, people want. What I dislike most is people that want instant gratification. Um, they do like one decent song, and they think like their head gets swollen up, and they think that likes generate income. They just running down the lights, running down the lights. I can't stand artists that run down the lights. Instead of actually putting in the work to generate the income, because it's the music business, right. not the music. A lot of people say it's the music game, but it's the music industry, and every industry has to earn money. Right. So a lot of artists don't get that. They think that because they got a thousand followers, we can. I can front them a beat for now and then and then bam 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 I get exposed I'm like it doesn't really matter it doesn't work that way and what I love about it is hearing an artist pick up a track that a big name artist turned down and they make a fire track out of it and I get to shove it in their face you see that (laughs) that same beat that you said sound like trash this other artist's a different perspective and brought it to life i like when artists bring my my instrumentals to life you know what i mean or and i like when i have certain people collaborate with me like i wouldn't i wouldn't think in a million years would be able to you know so that that i love that part about the game all right now uh What research do you do when it comes down to creating your music? Oh man, I am. Uh, I love tutorials. Like I'll just sit there. I might not even be doing anything music-wise, but I'll just sit there. It's like reading a book. I'll just sit there and just absorb, like a two-hour um, sit-down. Let Let's say a sit-down with Timberland, or a sit-down with DJ Quick, or one of those old-school cats. Right. And just to see their mind frame, what was going through their minds at that time when they made a certain certain beat or whatnot. But I love just hearing from their perspective, just sitting down watching basic interviews or tutorials. Like, you know, you could say, I didn't know about side chaining my drums to my subs till maybe a year and a half ago. And I, as soon as I did that, I started going back to all my beats and side chaining them. So right. I'm like, yo. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yep, it's a definite different experience when you start yep. doing all of that. <laughs> Just doing your own, re- I love doing my own research, you know? Right. And it's funny too, because sometimes you'll be watching one thing and then next thing you know, I'm learning how to fly a plane, like... <laughs> You know, just <laughs> just absorbing all that information. Very unpredictable. Right, very unpredictable. Now, what about you, King Monkey? Uh, what research do you do? To be completely honest, no. Like, I don't know why. It, it just comes out. Like, I can have a full-blown conversation with somebody. Like, a week before I even do an interview. And just pick out. And listen to their music. And listen to their words. And how they was feeling. Like I told one artist, you was mad as hell when you did this song with you. Like, how you know? You can hear it in your voice. Cause I sit there and I listen and I hear the conversation. So my research basically goes off the artist. Now when it comes to like, I interviewed chefs before, people that did their own insurance companies and like stuff like that. Oh, I definitely had to wait like two or three days do all their research on that. Right. And that's the crazy part. But like I said, I love it. And artist-wise, just talking to them. Ain't nothing like that conversation you can have with artists in person. Because they're going to tell you a whole life story. (laughs) I love it. Now, we have another track uh, called Choices. Uh, Can you tell me about that? Choices, um... When we got choices, it already had the hook on it. And I think it was our, maybe our third or fourth song as a group that we started working on. And then Exit, he had a um, cousin that got killed over some relationship issue. And then he was like, you know what, I should incorporate that in the song. Um, So that's how his verse came about. On the second verse with Fred Stye, he just painted a picture about them playing ball in the park. And then two kids just came up starting to shoot each other and it played out so vividly. And then I was like, okay, how do I top this? And then on the third verse, I was like, okay, raised in Jamaica. Then I kind of showed the picture like from leaving Jamaica to coming to the States, having to adapt to the different culture because it was a total culture shock for me you know almost 20 years on the island and then coming over to the mainland it was a culture shock so choices was was a a song that was needed at the time and it's one of those songs that when you hear it it's gonna be it's gonna bring back memories sad and good memories so i'm kind of glad we did that at the time when we did it because i have people that come up to me like man your song's all right but that choices it did something different to me. And they became fans, you know? So That's good. Thank God for choices. Well, you know what we're gonna do is uh, we're gonna give everybody an opportunity to listen to choices. So we're gonna take a break and we'll be right back. Leave now, the league, I take the lead now. So I- Now when making decisions, sometimes you don't 
choose your best Russian roulette to love less Bulletproof vest When headshots penetrate flesh He once caressed Did an openly confess Instead he chose deception Wind blue changed direction Lost affection at the crossroad intersection You learn your lesson When passion come into action Reaction could be costly Couldn't pay attention to no one but self She caught him with another Her pain was seen clearly Crime and passion attacked her heart And leave misery But never weigh the weight of another man's burden Sometime in the eyes you can't even see the purpose Was it worth it? Only scales can tell that Who would've thought she would react like that? Eyes wide open on the sofa laid back Murder by suicide, her head rest in his lap Is the future just having fun? Yeah, they so innocent. This dude bought them all ice cream cones from Mr. Softy. You should have seen their faces, but with the snap of a finger, that good feeling was replaced with casket visions. Two teens who don't like each other are right in the middle of them, getting ready to fight each other. A scene seen where they from too often. At first, nobody knew who, but heard a little girl talk. Saying, please, we just wanna live our life to the fullest. I know it's on your waist, don't pull it out as a tear drops from my eye. She said, me and none of my friends wanna die. They said, y'all getting ready to fight. Why? I know you feel like you got to, but you got a choice not to. Exclusive to Selecta. So, how did you come up with the concept for the song? Um, the hook was on the beat, and um, what we did, kind of just kind of dabbled around, see what type of story we could write, but in in three different directions. Because we just came off a song that we said we beat the lake through three different directions in one group. And we kind of like, how can we 
go into the next song with that same vibe. So we were like, we could write, we could write each, each verse a different way, you know, show a different perspective of it. So that's why when the first one came up by, um, with Exit, with the, with the murder-suicide part on that first verse, the second verse was, um, when I exit, um, Fred Styles homies at the park and all that and how the scuffle came about and that was another story and then I try to not be the same way how they did it but show like my side in terms of like a different whole different world right. so I figured that those three entities kind of just made the whole song a whole so right. it, it was pretty dope how we came up with the concept we kind of brainstormed it for at least a good couple weeks before we actually got in there and recorded it and then when we sent it back to each other we were like okay okay we onto something and then we're like okay we're gonna work with this and the rest was history you know all right but what things do you normally pursue when you're making your music um i try to stick to like the hip-hop concept even though if it's not the five different areas but at least try to stick to at least Three, three of the main ones, and I mean they're all the, 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 they're all the main ones. But I try to stick to three concepts when I'm writing or producing. Okay. That way I can stay in line where it doesn't matter what direction the other guys go in, they'll still be able to be within the same circle or express the same idea, but like three different ways. Okay. And that's just with the group wise, but like if I'm doing a collab with somebody else. I'd uh, come up with the concept first and then they'll bridge in on it or vice versa. They'll come up with it and I'm like, oh, okay, this would be cool if we do such and such in between. And most of the times that's how it works out, you know? Okay. What would you say is the best piece of advice that you've been given since you've been doing this? Um, pay attention. Pay attention to the current events. Whether it was the music, whether it was politics or you know what's disaster natural disasters going on just try to stay current but don't forget your past okay i think that was one of the best advice and just don't be afraid to fail that was one of my best advice never be afraid to fail yeah definitely and what about you king what's the best piece of advice you can give don't be a jackass <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> Don't be a jackass and always think outside the box. Okay. Always. Continue thinking outside the box. Always. With everything that you do. That was the best advice I got. Then my grandma told me in my dreams. Don't be an answer. <laughs> I'm like, man, I want to be having no fun. <laughs> Well, speaking on things like that, who influences you? My daughter. My daughter influenced me. And Stephen A. Smith for some odd reason. Because okay. the way he talked on broadcasting and stuff like that, he really don't have no filter in a professional way. He'll tell you like this. And I learned that from him. Like, just looking at his interviews and everything like sports and stuff and how he operates and talk to people but still I'm professional I, I am good now don't forget that where I came from I'm like okay that's just me but I'm like the freestyle 
person, free spirit, don't care if it comes out of my mouth, I'm sick. But now I have to be like the professional sound, like, got to adapt to every situation. <laughs> <laughs> so we got my daughter and Stephen A. Smith. And what about you exclusive? Um, I have so many great influences. Um, one would be Heavy D, the late great Heavy D. You know, being an island boy, you know, <laughs> right. it's funny how he took his music to a whole nother level and got so much respect from the hip hop community when he was doing his thing and after he passed and also um, Sizzla Kalancha, his work ethic is unbelievable. Like, if you ever seen him work in the studio, especially if he's working with another artist as a feature, mm-hmm. he will actually like guide the artist through the song, like. He won't criticize it, but he'll be like, hey, I'll try it this way. And then, even if they do 20 takes, he has so much patience with the people that he work with. It's unbelievable. You know, his, his work ethic is crazy. And um, this might seem like off the top, but actually Pink Floyd was one of my good influences coming up too. Okay. The way how they were able to transition from how they started doing that type of music to just how their music just stood out, you know? How they could paint stories with albums, like songs going into other songs, where it almost sounds the same, but it's a totally different song. The way how they captivated the audience. audience. So I would say those three are like my main influences. Now, if there were to be three artists that you'd like to be compared to, who would they be? Baby Sham, okay. the Jamaican Baby Sham, not the Flip Mode Squad one. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, Kimani Marley, you know what I'm saying? And um, this guy, he, he came out in um, Yankee B. I don't know if y'all ever heard of Yankee B, mm-hmm. but he was around back in the days. He was the Yankee Jamaican. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's uh, Yankee oh, B. I know all about Yankee B. <laughs> Where is Yankee B, by the fact? Mm, no. <laughs> Look at me. Hey, Yankee B. I'll let you boy. Seriously. Yeah, I'm <laughs> Now, uh, professionally, what would you say is your goal? To be the first underground independent radio station mainstream. Okay. That's my goal. That's literally my goal. And have all creative rights to my brand and everything else. That's very important as having the rights. And so many artists nowadays, uh, the newer artists in the ways that are coming out, <laughs> don't know a lick about getting rap. their music registered and you know, sending it into BMI. It's like you go off of YouTube, you buy this instrumental. You record a track over it, you start submitting it, and then when you try to send it to iTunes, they're telling you no, and you're trying to figure out why. It's like you didn't go through the process. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, okay, how long the process is, it's a process. Yep. Exactly. And at that point in time, you don't own your music, so now you're in a dangerous area where someone can take everything that you said, say it all over in their voice, and there's nothing that you can do about it. Nope. <laughs> they got the masters now. Yeah, they got everything. <laughs> Now, uh, King, being a radio host, what's the craziest interview that you've ever done? 
Lyrica Savage. I did an interview with Lyrica Savage. She's out in Nashville, Tennessee, before Memphis. And we was having a conversation, and next thing I know is he like, I should anybody come over here and rap me. Whoa, we was just talking about uh, cars and everything else. I just, like, did you have a moment? Yeah, I did. Still do! <laughs> Anybody, that's not know it. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. What? The amount of people called here right now, they ready. Right. She went through all of them and you just like, wow. Except for Cool. Cool Advice here, Artist Island, VA. They went back and forth. I love when they rap against each other. It's just like, yeah. <laughs> and they went from bar from bar, lyrically, everything. I told, I said, hey. They're gonna kick me off the L. Fool with y'all. <laughs> Let them kick y'all. We'll pay you back. <clears throat> now, if you could bring back three artists, who would they be? Bring back three? Uh huh. Cooler. Independent? Either independent, mainstream. Prince. I'd bring back if I could. That's a definite. Prince. Cooler. Myself. She's alive. So I'll bring her back on the air. And James Brown. Okay. <laughs> and what about your exclusive? If you had three artists that you could bring back, who would they be? Garnet Silk. Gone way too, way too quick. You. Uh, Heavy D. He had so much more, so much more. Tough one between Biggie and Pop, man. But <laughs> I wasn't even gonna say nothing of them two. Uh, I was like, if he says forty three, I would make goodbye. <laughs> it's a tough one between that, man. Now, I mean, reggae artists that you would bring back? Yeah, Garnet Silk. Garnet Silk. Garnet Silk would be the only one. Yeah, Garnet Silk. There's a few artists that you know, even like Borga, which was a dancer, like he, the way he went. I mean, you know. Now, what's the best work that you've released? So far, the SFS Sleep Project. The little singles that we did. We did a little EP and then we did some singles after that. Quality-wise and engagement-wise, I think those were the best so far. Okay. The SFX Sleep Projects. Now, do you have a dream project? Actually, just rolling with the tide right now. Rolling with the tide and absorbing everything, you know? Okay. So. Now, if you could take the stage with any performer, who would it be? Uh, Buster Rhymes. <laughs> That's uh, a good choice, man. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Buster knows how to run the stage. Buster Rhymes. I'd take the stage with him any day. What about you, King? Take the stage with Bob Marley. That like be my if he was still alive, that'd be like my dream anyway. Then my mentor, it's out. <laughs> okay. Now was this the plan? No. <laughs> <laughs> nope. No it wasn't. <laughs> 
right? So, uh, <laughs> this is crazy. You know, some people, like, you know, they, they fall into it. Some people know from a long time, you know, from, from growing up, being in the youth and everything, that they know that they want to make music and everything like that, you know? And then you got the others that just... Regular oh. 9 to 5 and everything. Yeah. Right, right. I just wanted to play music. And I figured out how to make music. And I was good with that, but then I was like, I hear a lot of artists talk about, oh man, only if I knew about the business part of the music, things would have been so much different. And then I was like, I would not like to fall victim of that because when people can recite your songs and tell you, hey, I like that song or this and the third, you'd be like, we could actually do something with this. And that's when I started researching, finding out what BMI is, what, what PROs are, you know, what distribution is, sound exchanges. And it was a lot of stuff I didn't know. Song trust. <laughs> you know, those are so important. Right. Especially in the digital world of music, how we distribute our music now. So it was not the plan. But you know what? When I dive in, I, I was like sink or swim. If you could have your fans remember one thing about you, what would it be? Um, that I was a pretty damn good performer when it comes to going on stage. Like it's, I try to get everybody involved when I'm stage. It's funny too, when I'm doing my own songs or if I'm doing a karaoke session, you know, I'm not just up on stage just with the mic. I, I like having a cordless mic. So I can bob and weave through the crowd and, you know... Right, be active. And yeah, it. touch the people, reach out to them and even let them say a couple verses or, or a couple words on the song or whatever, but get them involved with it, you know. That's what I would love them to remember me for. What about you, Kenny? What's the question you can ask? It's all that. <laughs> if you could have your fans remember one thing about you, what would it be? Unpredictable. Unpredictable, because... I'm a very unpredictable person. It's <laughs> not that know me very well. They be like, yeah, that's Marcus. He, he said he gonna do it. He gonna think about it for a couple of days. Then, yeah, he gonna do it. He gonna talk to people and be like, should I do this? Should I do this? Then at the end of the night, fuck, I'm gonna do it. <laughs> All right, and what's next for you? What's next? We actually have... We going to Atlanta, March 28th. I'll be broadcasting live from there okay. for a second year anniversary from this bipolar. And expanding, expanding. Yeah, really expanding now. <laughs> so what about you exclusive? Um, well, within the near future, just pretty much taking the, the songs that we have so far and just market the hell out of them and working on new new material because we have material that's sitting in the vault that's already mixed Mm -hmm. so they're coming out but they're not ready yet so I don't want to push too much on the people right now I want to just kind of sit back all the songs that we have out there already just kind of get them marketed just get them just promote 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 and then once we get that vibe going, we can go ahead and release more songs. 
All right, folks. Well, we're getting ready to wrap up here. Uh, is there anything that you'd like to tell your fans or listeners before we go? Um, to all upcoming artists, it's never over till it's over. So never give up, even when, even when it looks like you're not making any type of stride in it. The harder you work, people are actually seeing it, but the ones around you probably won't tell you. Most of the time, they won't tell you. But people from the outside are actually looking in. And they will, they probably won't tell you to your face personally like that or say, hey, this and the third. But they're actually rooting for you, believe it or not. So I would say just don't give up. Whatever you're doing right now, just try to improve on what you're doing and do it as best as you can and just learn as much as you can. And just remember, nobody knows everything. Okay, Monkey. Oh, we coming. <laughs> Full force, we coming. And I'm ready for it. We coming. <laughs> bam, bam. All right. Uh, exclusive, can you tell the listeners where they can find your music? Um, Any any musical digital platform right now, um, starting from Bandcamp, you can type in SFX League or exclusive the selector X-K-L-U-S-I-V-D-A-S-E-L-E-K-T-A. And you can go on YouTube, you can go on Distro, I mean, Spotify, iTunes, Tidal, Amazon, Google, all digital platforms. Just Google it, actually. Google SFX League or Google Exclusive The Selector or Google Cruise to Fame Records, for example. And you can definitely find our music. King Monkey, uh, if you can give everybody the Blog Talk um, link again. BlogTalkRadio.com at Young Radio slash Young Radio Family. And the other one is BlogTalkRadio.com. Young Unique Movement. You can find us on Google. Just type in Y-U-M Radio on IG. Y period U period M. Facebook, Marcus Rucker. Look for the green Y-U-M Radio logo. I got some new <laughs> superstar talent. <laughs> that's on Facebook. Young Unique Movement Radio. That's on Facebook. YUM Radio. That's on Facebook. All right. And uh, all of that information will be included in the post. So you'll be able to click on those links. You can head to their music channels, uh, support the artists, and support our radio host. Uh, this has been another episode of Just Tell Rel. I thank you both so much for sitting down with me this afternoon and having this interview. I greatly appreciate it. I appreciate you, our fans and listeners, for taking the time to listen to us. Um, We'll be giving you more episodes coming up. As always, check our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat. We'll be giving you all of your updates on upcoming episodes. Don't forget that you can send in leads and submissions and to our email address at henry.jarrell at yahoo.com. That will also be included in the link. If you have something to say to our artists, send us a voice message. We'll be able to listen to it and we'll be able to play it back for the artists. And if you have any questions, hey, they'll be able to respond to it. Once again, this has been another episode of Just Tell Rell. This is your host, Jarrell Henry.